Hey everybody, welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans and I'm your transformation coach and health strategist. Today I want to talk about a very important topic, how to grow through what we go through. It's really important and I don't know whether you can relate to this. If you think right now in this moment, what are those most significant things that have happened in your life? I think for all of us, it comes down to maybe one, two, three, maybe a handful of huge things that have happened in your life that have completely changed you. I mean, I can think of the, uh, uh, probably five that have completely changed me and changed me for the better. Really significant events. So if I think about one that comes to mind, uh, like my marriage, uh, 20 years in a, a relationship and marriage and I never thought I would ever get divorced and then it was kind of a six and a half year uh, decision in the making. And then when I, I left that and what I'm doing now, it was one of the, the toughest things that I've ever gone through but also one of the most powerful. And if I look at what my life looks like now, my level of happiness and, and so forth, and the things that I've been able to do since that decision, golly, like 11 years ago, uh, then uh, like I'm grateful for still having the, uh, the amicable relationship that I do have with my ex-wife, but I look at all the things that I have done now that I just would not have been able to do uh, if I had still remained uh, in that relationship. Um, so that one was significant. Uh, obviously, the, the passing of my daughter, horrible. And it's still really painful. I mean, it's happened in April last year or in February. Uh, there's so much pain associated with that. But we can allow these events to just completely take over our life, right? We can allow them to... Uh, weigh us down and uh, really knock us off our feet. I mean, there's a guy threatened to kill me uh, when I was 20 years of age and uh, that was what drove me to go join a gym. And if that event had not have happened, there's a chance that I wouldn't be standing here right now talking to you, running a, a successful business and something that I absolutely love but instead still uh, trapped in a a corporate environment wondering where I was going to get that happiness from. But instead I I made the decision to step up for myself and change this this feeling that I had of immobilisation and fear when people, say, threatened me because I was a smaller smaller man and I was bullied uh, as a kid a lot and uh, then when it went into adulthood as well, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm never going to have that feeling again. And so it's through that pain that I've grown a lot. And if you think about that for you, just right now, have a think about it. What's a significant event that's happened to you in your life? Did you grow through the experience or did you allow it and are you still allowing it to weigh you down? And it doesn't mean that you ever forget, like my daughter, for instance. I mean, I can never forget that. Uh, I wish she was here. I miss her so much every single day. And from time to time, there's a wave of tears that come. And I, so the sadness is always there. But I also 
what I try and do for most of the, the time every day is think about her in a way that is going to empower me to the greater good. So I developed this little technique uh, that I use to help me grow through absolutely anything that I've gone, gone through. And it's only something that I discovered probably about seven or eight years ago. And I haven't always been this way because uh, I've spoken about this before, but the household that I grew up in was very judgmental and uh, there was a lot of toxic energy within me. And there are people that knew me, probably wouldn't see it, but the conversations that I would have with myself were horrible. Uh, like there was, there was no positive affirmations, there was no self-belief. There was on some level, but on other levels, just not. So like I didn't think I was smart enough, good looking enough, uh, tall enough. I uh, was never going to be a, a real success, didn't know what I wanted to do, wasn't, didn't have friends, wasn't um, you know, good at really anything apart from playing the bagpipes when I was younger. Uh, when I started to get into work, like I was a really good student uh, as I uh, progressed into uni and stuff, like I, I was developing better techniques as to how to learn and so forth. So I think uh, uni for me was really good because I, look, I'm very left brain, I was studying accounting and uh, obviously all left brain stuff. But for me, I, I worked very hard at developing techniques. Now, I put in more hours than, than most people, but I needed to because I felt like I didn't have, didn't have the brain power, the understanding as to how to do the things as easy as somebody else would. It's like my comprehension and, and so forth. It just was not, uh, was not as fast as most people. So I felt that I needed to work harder. And so I developed these really great techniques for studying and uh, remembering and learning information. And remember, this is back in the 80s and early 90s. So it was all, well, actually it was like 1987, 88 and 89. That's when I was at uni. Uh, so it was a very different time. And so we had to do things through books and stuff. You could, there was no internet or anything like that. So it was just very different. And uh, it was through that process that I, I really developed um, some, some really good techniques. But... Uh, as I progressed through that and I then went to, uh, to work at Coopers and Lybrand, I found that there was still this, these environmental, judgmental, uh, self-doubt, limiting belief uh, type things that I had going through my head. So it's like um, I was put into a, a technical part of internal audit at Coopers and Lybrand looking at uh, all my clients were insurance clients. Insurance was very technical, uh, learning all new terms that I'd never heard of before, like everything up to that point that you're studying in accounting, for instance, it's all to do with manufacturing and service type industries and stuff. There was that we didn't ever learn insurance. So I, all of a sudden I had to learn all these new things, uh, reinsurance and, and so forth and different ways of accounting for things that I'd never done before. And even though it was a new skill, I, I really didn't like it. And it was technical and I found it a real challenge for me. And I, I just didn't enjoy the culture of where I was working. There was a lot of partying and uh, yeah, going out for lunches and all that kind of stuff. And it was just like, I don't like any of this stuff. Am I, uh, and I used to consider that there was something wrong with me because everybody else seemed to love that kind of stuff everybody else seemed to be grasping the concepts and loving the clients and progressing and stuff and I just seemed to be floundering 
because I just didn't get it. So anyway, uh, as we, we fast forward all these years later, uh, I'm a much better, much better person now. I know that I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing. But we always have these challenges. Like I said, like my daughter last year, um, yeah, a divorce, uh, whether it's business things or various challenges that you suffer. I mean, I've lost all my parents, I've lost all my grandparents. Uh, having to manage different parts of, of you at different certain times in your life can be very, very difficult. But if you, if you can grow through it, every single bad experience that's happened to me, on the other side of it, in time, I've become a better person. Right? I have, I've become a better human being. My performance has been better and... Uh, you can be grateful for what it is that you've gone through. So the, the little strategy that I, or technique that I developed uh, years ago, trying to get rid of that toxicity because you can say, okay, this bad event has happened. How am I going to deal with it? And uh, I, I know people that are still, things that have happened to them in their, their childhood or you know, they've lost a parent or something like that, and that person's been there for them every day, and it still holds them back now, and it might be 5, 10, 15, 20 years later, and they still feel anchored to this point. Sometimes we just need to let go of it. So here's the the questions that I ask myself, and I know I have spoken about this before, uh, but I thought today is this a good time to mention it again. The first question I ask myself is, How can I grow from X? Whatever it is that's happened, how can I grow from this? How can I learn from this? What's the opportunity from this? Now, if you approach each of those questions and say to yourself, you cannot answer it in the negative. So in other words, how can I grow from this? You can't answer it by saying, well, I can't grow from this, it's horrible, I can never grow, etc. So it's going to force you to think from another perspective because the, the toxic side of you will want to say, well, I can't grow, there's nothing to learn here, there's no opportunity here at all. So if I come to uh, the most painful thing that's ever happened to me, my daughter, how can I grow from the loss of my daughter? Now, obviously, in the, the hours and days following it, this is a really, really difficult one to answer because there is just so much pain associated uh, with uh, the way that she passed and uh, the, the two and a half years prior to it and um, the, the focus and everything that goes into uh, taking care of a terminally ill child and, and so forth. And... Um, so if I combine these two, well, no, we'll talk about how do, I, how do I grow from it. And I thought, well, for one thing, I've got to be able to deal with uh, the various phases of uh, grief and knowing that, well, what I'm feeling right now and today, I need to realise that as more time passes by, it is going to become a little bit easier. But right now, what I need to do is be there for my daughter, 
uh, and her mum and make sure that we can get through this together and that she's really taken care of. And then through that process, I, I take care of myself as well. And I thought, all right, I, I felt like a part of my, my growth through it was about reflecting on um, you know, my role as her dad. Um, you, of course, run through a whole bunch of questions around uh, you know, what if, what if they, the, well, the doctors had listened, what if the, they had have done this, what if I had have pushed harder for a different outcome, uh, what if, what if, what if, what if, you know, there's so many what ifs. And uh, you're never going to know the answer uh, to that. But I looked at um, all the different areas of uh, what had gone on with the care of her, how long it had gone on, looking at all the different avenues of uh, where things were done, things were not done, and had to resolve within myself the role that her mum played, the role that I played, the role that her sister played, and uh, as well as all the doctors and specialists and everything. And I had to realise that, well, I can't anchor myself to uh, pain and blame and I needed to be able to just allow myself to let it all go and uh, find a way to be able to grow as a human being through the experience and uh, become more empathetic, more understanding and I guess maybe a little bit more spiritual and knowing that I'm, I'm growing in understanding what it was that she, she went through. Uh, she didn't make it. And I can become a better human being as a result of the pain that she went through. And so that kind of uh, blended in with the, the learning. What can I learn from it? I think uh, the thing that uh, my daughter provided me was... Uh, a greater depth of understanding of what pain and suffering is and uh, being more empathetic, being more loving, being a better dad, being a better human uh, as a result of uh, what she suffered. And uh, that's, that's pretty powerful, right? So I'm, I'm obviously very sensitive to people that have eating disorders uh, or they're showing all the signs that they do have eating disorders but the people around them don't realise that this is actually a, an eating disorder, or these are the behaviours that are absolutely going to lead to an eating disorder. Uh, I mean, it's made me understand uh, people uh, more that are on the spectrum and, uh, you know, what that means, early intervention, etc., etc. And then as you head into the, the more opportunities. So at this point, like, I'm refusing to allow myself to answer those things in the negative when it would be very, very easy to have a lot of anger, a lot of resentment uh, towards uh, so many different people. And uh, remember that, well, if you've been following me for a while and you know this story, uh, so many people blamed me for what my daughter went through. Now, it would be very easy post all this to, I'm sure there are people that's, those people that would still say, well, it was my fault. Uh, but I... I know the truth, my daughter knows the truth, and that's all that I care about, and her mum knows the truth 
as well. And this is what I've come to realize that uh, there is so much judgment out there. And unfortunately, there are a lot of uh, medical professionals that are so jaded by whether it's their workload or whatever's going on in their own life, uh, their lack of willingness to think outside the box for different solutions uh, that causes them to have those perceptions. It's a bit like, well, I can't solve it, so therefore it's your, you're the issue because this works and because it isn't, you're the problem. And unfortunately, that's a very narrow focus, right? So anyway, uh, I, I just refuse to go there refuse to think negatively about it. And so then that leads to the opportunity. And so three days after my daughter passed, I was out walking and I thought, you know what, I need to do something here to help do something that would have really helped my daughter, which was around dog therapy. That was the only therapy that, that um, she could really feel comfort in because there's no judgment from animals. And so that's what started the funding, uh, the GoFundMe page. And uh, then I met with the, uh, the head of Monash uh, Pediatrics and the head psychiatrist, and we had the conversation, and then that's what uh, then got them into action about putting in a dog therapy program uh, on the Avery Ward where at Monash there, and then I was uh, looking to just connect with different people, like... Um, I got in the media because Liv was mentioned in Parliament and then from that, that led from one media engagement to the next, to the next, to the next. Uh, the person in Parliament, Zoe Daniels, who mentioned uh, Liv, um, I reached out to her uh, to thank her for her support and uh, what she did in Parliament. I then arranged a meeting to, uh, to meet with her. I then uh, met with Alfred Health uh, Alfred Health, they then talked about their in-home program. Uh, they then introduced me to uh, the CEO of Eating Disorders Victoria. Uh, that then led to me going on a campaign to talk to a whole bunch of uh, different federal and state politicians, which led me to conversations with the health department, which led to me reviewing the Eating Disorders Victoria strategy which connected me to a director there. And then, you know, one meeting after the other, after the other, one thing led to another, to the other. And now as, as I'm going through this, I had no idea uh, what I was doing. It was, it was almost like um, Liv, my daughter, was guiding me to just do more. And it's like there was something in me where, and whether a part of it was helping distract me, I suppose, from the grief. Uh, but I just felt like I needed to do something to have a lasting impact of change and to keep the conversation going because my b belief was if my 16-year-old daughter desired, um, died from an eating disorder, our system has failed, right? If, if we can't solve this problem for our children, then the system is broken, and so it was taking like a, a whiteboard approach. Let's go from zero-based thinking and say, if we had to solve this problem and forget everything that you are limiting your thinking to right now, how would we solve this problem? And I think that's, that's what we need. It's still not in place. 
we need obviously the relevant experts involved, but so certainly in the treatment of my daughter, I found that they that were just too attached to things that they've always done and not trying to come up with alternative plans. And the things that we wanted to do that would have uh, helped save her life, they said we can't do that. And of course, because of uh, various legal uh, constraints and the fact that under the Mental Health Act, she was then put in charge of uh, the hospital and so forth when she was admitted. It's like, it didn't matter whether we agreed or not. We had no say legally in her treatment. And uh, it, it, well, I guess the outcome says it all, right? And so one thing led to another and I was just viewing all of this as an opportunity to keep the conversation going, get change and look, it's still going. I, we just, uh, Monday two weeks ago, we launched the dog therapy program in Alfred Health. We know that now because of the work that I've done and because of Live, there are now um, in Monash Hospital, they have a permanent dog therapy program on the ward where she spent most of her time. That would not have happened. So that feels really great. We launched the Alfred Health one. So this is a program that, so the, the two hospitals work in conjunction with each other. And so uh, this program is an outpatient program, so trying to keep them out of hospital when they have to come in for their weekly appointments or fortnightly, whatever it is. Uh, there's the dog there to help them keep the kids calm and everything before they go in to have their, their weigh-ins and assessments and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a very, very stressful time. So that is now in place. There's a, a meeting coming up in uh, late March where uh, I'm going to uh, potentially meet the Federal Health Minister and have a conversation about the in-home program for Alfred Health that I have been lobbying for uh, over the past uh, sort of six months or so. Because I said to Alfred Health when I met with them, I said, I'm gonna get funding for this because this program is something that would have saved my daughter's life. It just, it would have saved her. And it doesn't exist and it remains unfunded to this day. So uh, I've had a, a passion about that. Uh, now, at the end of last year, I've made the decision that I'm going to really cut off the work that I do here because it's time for me to move forward. And if you keep having a lot of conversations in this space, it's not good for my, uh, for, for my mental health. It's not good for me to be able to progress and move forward. Uh, but um, the media reaches out f uh, to me from time to time now for comment and I'll do an article and, and so forth. Uh, obviously, the, it's topical at the moment because, I mean, Alfred Health, they, they wanted to write an article about the, the program and they, they wanted a statement from me last week, so I did that. And then this one with the Federal Health Minister has just come up as well uh, over the last week, so I will be involved with that. So I'm available if people want to come and uh, you know, use my, my skills and lived experience and so forth to help get some change in this space. But I decided to cut my, my time in it uh, really right back and I'm not proactively seeking those conversations uh, now because I feel like uh, we have done, we've done the work there, have made a difference and others need to now pick up uh, the momentum of that, the decision makers. 
So uh, all of that, as you can hear, it's all about the opportunity, right? So in all of that, it's very easy to be negative and toxic about it, but it doesn't help you grow through it. Now, people uh, look at me and they say, I can't believe your strength in going through it, how you're able to do this. But it's by asking myself those three questions that gives me the strength to get through it. And there is another, look, I'm not particularly, well, I'm not religious at all. My mum was a celebrant, uh, but I am, I'm not religious. Um, I'm, I'd say I'm spiritual, meaning that uh, I like to uh, treat others as I would like to be treated and just be a good person in everything that I do, making sure that I'm always doing good work and not uh, you know, getting rid of that toxic energy in my life, in my head, and just being a better person. And I think through that, I, um, you have to come with that, that safe space in your own head. And for me, it is, okay, I don't believe that. What well, you say, okay, well, you know, let's say that um, you say you believe in God. And you say, well, if God was real, why did he do this to my daughter? And then somebody that believed in God would say, well, God stepped in to remove the pain from her. So you can come up with a, a meaning for and you know, whatever your beliefs are. So for me, just being a good person, the definition that I come up with is that she, she's always with me. Like she, she's in my mind, she's in my heart. Uh, she was cremated. I wear some of her ashes in a little uh, you know, bracelet around my wrist. Um, she's with me every day. I talk to her every day. Um, her little urn of ashes travels wherever her sister is between her mum and me. So she's not with me at the moment. Uh, but when she's with me, uh, you know, I hold her each day. I'll give her a little, um, you know, a little tap, like tapping her on the head or tapping her on the back or whatever. And I'll talk to her and all that kind of stuff. And I think that that all just helps me. And so... I believe that we'll be together again one day in whatever you believe that looks like. Maybe we'll be a, come back as a couple of magpies sitting on a tree somewhere. I, I don't know. A couple of seagulls, a couple of cats, a couple of flies. I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, but for me, everything that I'm now doing in my life is to make sure that I remain obviously still very focused on my health and my wellness because I need to be around for my daughter, my daughter's my only, only family. Uh, so I, I need to be around for her uh, as long as possible. And I know, like my, my daughter Liv, she knew me so, so well. And we, because we spent so many hours in hospital together that uh, we, we talked about so many different things. And she knows how important it is for me to keep driving my business forward. How important it is for me to keep driving my health and wellness forward and all, achieving all the things that I want to achieve. She was my biggest fan. So in coming up with the, you know, the definition of what, how I'm going to keep growing, I say to myself, well, I know she would be really disappointed if I wasn't doing my best, if I wasn't continuing to push every single day. And I guess it's a part of me that I've never had to really tap into before. Even though I've lost parents and everything, like a daughter is completely different. And so I have had to tap into that part of me that, that still feels her with me. 
and still driving me forward. And I'm like, I've got photos of her all around the place uh, that I look at and I, I see her smile and uh, it just helps drive me to a greater place. So I'm still growing through this. So there's your challenge, right? You ask yourself those three questions and refuse, absolutely refuse to answer them negatively. And you watch yourself grow. You grow through the pain. The problem is you have to go through the freaking pain to get the growth on the other side. You grow as you go through it, but you don't realise how much you've grown till you get to the other side. Life is tough. It sure is. But there are so many opportunities for us to improve, progress and grow every single day. I'm just here to tell you that never give up, never believe that where you are now, if you're in a really dark place, then just imagine that you're in a tunnel and what you have to do is not stand still. You have to keep moving forward and at some point you'll see this tiny pin, pinhole of light. And then as you walk further and further forward, guess what, that pin, pinhead becomes the size of your finger and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and before you know it, you realise that you're out of that tunnel, you're out of that darkness and you are continuing on this journey of, of great success. And life just throws so many different things at us and they're often unexpected on a day where you think this is going to happen and then, you know, something completely out of the blue happens and sometimes it's as devastating as like what I've had to go through. But you can grow on the other side of it. It doesn't take away the sadness, but we're talking about the growth of, the growth of you and the success of you is still possible. So just know this, that I have your back, right? I've been through a lot. I still have a lot of growth to come and so do you. So let's do it together. So if you want to connect with me, go to mentaltoughnessandbodyshow.com. Uh, everything today is really about uh, that mental toughness and that mindset. And if you think, well, that's okay for you, but it's not for me. Just remember that I haven't always been this way. I haven't always been, I guess, as focused as I am now, as, as focused on success as I am now, uh, learning every day, growing every day, setting forward for myself some clear goals that I want to achieve every day. I haven't always been like that. So if I haven't been like that, I'm 55 now, 56 in August, six more months. And I think about how quickly this last 12 months has passed and everything that's happened, but still how much I've still been able to grow. And I still don't believe that I've peaked. I believe that I've got so much potential still within me. And I think that's really exciting. So if I do, you do too. So let's go do it together. If you want to connect with me, go to mentaltoughnessandbodyshow.com. There's a free consultation waiting for you right there. Let's make this your best year yet. And that is my philosophy each and every day. Let's make this day better than the last. Let's make 
you better today than you were yesterday. Focus on what can you do today to make yourself better than yesterday. It's possible. Don't forget those three questions. Have a great day.